You have all been traveling together for the better part of a month, month and a half at this point. You've made friends, become an odd family of sorts, and seen some pretty horrible things. From your first adventure into the slime pits where Malinari took his leave and you met Eslin, to meeting the Prophet, the strange beholder-like creature that seems to be guiding you, to your flight back to Caliban, the holy city where the moon shone like crimson in the sky under Therox's strange power where he summoned another evil into this world, while attacking the city with his strange skeletal creatures, to the race to save Alagos, Naya's father, who's a bronze dragon. And finally, because of guidance from the Prophet which led you south to Eldric, Eslin's hometown where the monolithic tree Ula's navel is protected by its people, which led you through the upper reaches of the Underdark, where you met Igzbalath, the Myconid god, and your new friend the young tiefling Sale, whom you saved from certain doom, from the Myconids who had had bad dealings with tieflings in the past, and a strange, disembodied voice as you left the caverns into the sun after days underground. You have overcome hardship and trial to get to this point. Though weary and trail sore, you stepped from the caverns into the morning sun and saw Eldric and Ula's navel reaching into the heavens in the distance. Before you entered the caverns with your guide, Chanterell, you had taken note of a large force of these same skeletal creatures heading on the road towards Eldric, and you chose the caverns to try to beat them to the city. As you journeyed from the mountain pass, you came upon a black saber-toothed tiger that was surrounded by several of the metallic skeletons that were the like the ones that attacked Caliban, and that were behind you on the road. However, these seemed to be the makeup of a large scouting party that was attacking what you found out to be Eslin's father, Jeremir. Though it was a rough fight, as these strange enemies seemed to be able to cause incredible pain by scraping their claws across their ribs, you managed to successfully destroy them and began the last leg of your trek to Eldric and the company of both Chanterelle and Jeremir. The group of you travel for a couple more hours before you reach the massive gates of Eldric. An architecture of a forgotten time, the walls of the city stand tall and stark white against the sky, and the mountains with shingles of green agate lining the tops of the walls where a few guards patrol. The guards, seeing Eslin and Jeremir raise the gates for you and uh, raise the gates for you and you get your first real glimpse into the city, aside from seeing it in the distance. One moment while I change the track. Oh, what? What'd you do? It balanced on something that's super skinny. It was like <clears throat> You step through the gates onto stone pavements surrounded by fruit-bearing trees. Apples, pears, peaches, cherries, plums, all dot these trees which have several people of some sort of elven descent harvesting and tending to them. Ahead of you are a set of two buildings of which baskets of fresh fruit and vegetables are being carried into. The pavement splits to the left and right, each one leading to more buildings. To your left, you see a small yet ornate building that seems to be of ritualistic nature, while to your right is a building that almost looks like a round, open-aired temple with just the tips of an emerald-colored crystal tree peeking over the top of it. Forward into the center of the city is a fountain crafted of wood, presumably fallen from Ula's navel itself, based on looking at it. Uh, there's a circle of pavement here and around it are various gardens and lush vegetation where vegetables are being tended to and harvested much like the trees in the groves. 
From here, you can actually see that there is a second similar of grove of fruit trees far to the other side of Eldrick, near where Ula's navel sits. The pavement splits once again to the left and right. To your left is another building, temple-like in nature, where you can hear the faint sounds of citizens of Eldrick singing their prayers in the Druidic tongue. The building built like a grand echo chamber where you can hear the singers harmonizing with their own voices at points, even from a few hundred feet away in the center of the city. To your right is another large building where a few people, who have broken their tools, are taking them, presumably to get them repaired. You can also see, in front of you at the end of this town circle, we'll call it, instead of square, uh, buildings more familiar to any other here, more familiar than any other buildings here to you, Eslin. Home. The Sildrian Protectorate, where you know your family is waiting for you. Yet, following two diagonal paths, you can see the school where you spent so much of your childhood to the left, and the home of the High Guardian to the right, where the High Guardian lives and oversees the city. Looming high over everything else at the far end of the city, the last barrier before reaching Ula's navel, the Sildrian Spire Gate, looms over the city. All of the architecture here follows that of the walls, with most of the buildings crafted from the same white material as the walls, with the same green agate shingles making up the roof. Naya absolutely snagged an apple as we walked through and started chomping on it while just looking around with wonder. That is fair. Uh, you get a couple of odd looks. <laughs> but for the most part, you are left alone as uh, Jeremy and Eslin are both recognized by the people. Sale just looks mildly uncomfortable the whole time. <laughs> also fair. Does it look like they're like preparing for war? Like... Uh, no. Um, that's just, that's just pressing. <laughs> no, it, it, uh, actually appears more like they're going about daily life. Interesting. Eslin's going to look at Naya and be like, I need to go pay respects at the tree. Would you like to come with me? You'll take me with you. Yes. Absolutely. Can I touch it? Yes. It's I plan on it. I have to. So yes. I'm in. Let's go. I'm going to take Naya with me, hand the rest of the party off to Jeremir, and we're going right to the tree to pay our respects. Uh, Jeremir will take the, the party with him, but will actually turn to you as you do so. Best of luck getting through. They've increased the security since the message that you sent forward to us. Best of luck. Okay. The rest of you? Come with me. We, I will give you a tour of the city. So we're going to head Sail towards... Sail now looks even more uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Naya and I are going to head towards the gate. Okay. So, let me get... Naya starts trying to, like, adjust her shirt and her, her hair to make it look nice for... Follow my lead. ...meeting the tree. And <laughs> follows her lead. <laughs> So you get to the large building constructed on the eastern edge of this walled city, and it rests as the one and only entrance to get to the small island that uh, Ula's navel actually rests on, uh, as it's protected on all other sides by uh, mountains. Um, upon entering this large building, 
there are small holes in the wall where there are offerings that have been left to the tree and to what the tree entails. Uh, there is typically at the far side of this where the actual doorway to get to the tree is. Typically there's about 20 guards. However, there is actually a unit of about 50 guards standing over in front of the gate of this tree. Walk up to the guard. Introduce myself as Lynn Australia, guardian, returning from traveling to pay respects on coming home. Uh, the person that you approach, she's a relatively large male, one of the few non-elven people actually in this guard in and of itself. He's got a fairly bushy beard. Turns around. Ah, yes, it is good to see you. Welcome home. Thank you. Unfortunately, I am unable to allow passage to the tree as of right now. We'll get as close as you will let us. We can allow you to the actual doorway gate itself, but none is allowed to pass currently. That will do. And he personally escorts the two of you to the doorway that leads to this. He's actually polite enough to open the doorway so you can at least see across the bridge that leads to the tree itself. And only now, Naya, does the magnitude of the tree, the size of this thing, actually hit you. The base of it is larger than most of the mountains from where you are from. It is impossibly tall, having what almost looks like its own ecosystem at the top of it. Partway up the tree, there are clouds swirling and roiling around the trunk itself. You cannot even see the lower branches of foliage or anything like that. It is massive. What you do see, however, is the opening of a cave situated between the massive roots underneath the tree that just goes down into inky blackness. Normally on returning home, we would come up to the tree. Mm -hmm. We would place our hand on it and reconnect with the tree and tell it we're back and check in with the tree. Does it talk back? Sometimes. Really? If it's, if you connect enough with it. Normally, when it does talk back, (coughs) when you touch it, you're, there's like this really beautiful glowing light comes around your hand. That's the tree welcoming you home. I love it. It did that for me when I left on my journey. And I bet it's glad you're back. It feels like it. And then when we're done paying the respects, and I would explain to Naya that I have been a part of this tree my whole life. The day that I was born... I was presented to the tree as a guardian because my family have been guardians for centuries. That's amazing. And then after we're done paying our respects, and Eslyn would, since she can't get up to the tree, she would go down on her knees. Yes. And I would follow her. And put her hands out. Uh, Go ahead and roll... We'll call this insight for me. Just her? Just her. That was 
The roll was a 17. Okay. Just a moment. So that is a twenty two. Okay. So as you kneel down and you begin to offer your prayers to Ula's navel. You feel warm inside and welcomed. You do feel, however, the spark of something you have not felt before from the tree. The spark of fear, of curiosity. Something that is very new to you. Naya, as you are watching, you do see her hair kind of get blown slightly by the wind. And a soft glow kind of envelop her. So, I would also introduce Naya to the tree. Okay. This is my friend Naya. She is a welcome companion and a guardian of sorts. Um, <laughs> we'll go ahead, Naya. We'll have you roll insight at disadvantage since you are not of these people. Ten total with disadvantage. Okay. So, you feel a twinge of warmth. Almost as if the tree is responding, but you don't feel, see, sense anything beyond that. Okay. Okay. After we're done with that, get up, turn back to the guard who was with us. Thank you very much for that. It is no problem at all. Glad to see you home safe. Thank you. Would you like to leave an offering for the tree before you leave? She's druid crafting a whole bunch of flowers. <laughs> I start rummaging through my little mini bag of holding and pull out... I mean, it's like three quarters full of honey. <laughs> I didn't need it all. <laughs> I just kind of clean it up and polish you the eat, little jar. You you didn't eat it all? I did not eat it you all. You sure? As I ate jelly. hands her a <laughs> little know. piece of ribbon to tie around the jar of honey and ties flowers to the jar as well. Okay. And the guardsman actually leads you over to one of the slots that's kind of built into the wall. And you can see in here... It's not like the offerings are left here and then taken by somebody else. They are essentially left here to rot as their essence are or is given to the tree itself through the prayers of the people of Eldrick. And so there is some remnant of a small uh, wreath of flowers that had been left in here, some small grass doll that had been left in here, things like that, that are still in here as your guys' offerings actually adds to the small pile within it. I will place it gently in in the arms of the wreath. Okay. And set it down. And I'm kind of looking at Eslin to make sure I'm doing it right. <laughs> Not <laughs> at her. Set it there and... and yeah. You actually got a back. little thumbs up from the guardsman. <laughs> Those flowers are going well before the honey does. <laughs> yes. <laughs> place the flowers, which are blue forget-me-nots. All right. <clears throat> By her honey. Jokes. <laughs> I, th- I think 
likes me. I think it did too. <laughs> when you see your father next, tell him to be more careful next time. <laughs> she just kind of smiles and goes, I will. I might also tell him that after what we just went through. <laughs> yes, it was an did, adventure to be sure. Did something happen? <clears throat> yes, we, we came upon him being attacked outside of the town. There is a complete demeanor shift in the man, uh, going from kind of the kindly, burly guy to much more serious, the change being much more evident in his eyes. If I notice that, I will very matter-of-factly tell him mm-hmm. what they look like, what their abilities are. Like, I am starting almost yeah. like a soldier. Just uh, what's, your, what's your passive perception? 14. Okay, yeah, that's plenty high enough. You can see the shift. And he pulls out a small, uh, we would call it a notebook. Right. But he pulls out a Parchment. small pad well, and yep. starts jotting it down. And I tell him it's a scouting party. I tell him what they look like. I tell him the special, like everything. I give him a rundown and I tell him this is only the beginning. There's an army of these coming this way. Thank you for letting me know. That is uh, poor news indeed, but much appreciated being learned beforehand. Can find me if you need anything else. Of course, I'll be with her. Yes. I um, wish this was a more jovial visit than yeah. what it's turning out to be. Unfortunately, uh, we also have three others with us as well. Uh, that is good to know as well. Uh, give me brief descriptions so I know what to look like, so we do not accidentally apprehend your friends. Small gnome, big hat <coughs> with a dog, a large metal man. And a, a smaller, younger tiefling. Pinks and greens, I believe. All right. Very well. Uh, we will make sure that none of them actually get captured or anything of the sort. Should we give them papers with the family symbol on? Would that help? That would not be necessary for us, but it might be for other places within the uh, within the city walls. That is not a bad idea of itself. Like a whole pass, <laughs> basically. <laughs> mm-hmm. Town pass, <laughs> multi pass. <laughs> if you don't mind, I'm going to go fill in the rest of the unit on what you have told me. Would you like me to come with you? I should be all right. Thank you very much. Enjoy your stay in the city. Thank you. As he turns around, he kind of pulls this massive battle axe off of his side, and his form shifts, and he is now a giant bipedal lumbering bear as he walks. Oh, I'm admiring the axe as he walks away. Yes. (laughs) Uh, He goes over to the uh, regiment that is guarding this gate with him and starts explaining to them, his voice much gruffer and barrier. He looked like a bear before we shifted. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and the, sh- the shape shift thing you'll get used to because probably 85 to 90% of the people that you will talk to can do that. And he seems competent. He, I think he'll do well for your city. I think or so he has too. Done already, I'm sure. You ready to go home? Yes. Let's go. Puts her arm through Naya's and they go home. Hop, skip, and a jump. So you guys leave just as Jeremir is bringing the rest of the party back around to kind of meet in front of the protectorate. And the last stop over there is going to be the Worldsmith's Foundry. If you guys would need anything uh, fixed 
forged anything of the sort, that is where you would want to go. Now, the last stop, of course, is the Sildren Protectorate, our home, and... <coughs> I ap- ah, welcome back. Welcome back to both of you. Glad to see everything went well. Did they actually let you through the gate? They let. They opened the door for us. us to the gate. They wouldn't let us through. Uh, Bear escorted us to the door. That is actually quite understandable. Uh, Considering the warning that you sent, everyone is on high alert. We did let the the gentleman who was leading know that you were attacked outside the town. He was very interested Ah, in the information. Yeah, before he found out you were attacked, he said to tell you to be more careful. What have you done now, Father? I was wondering the same thing because he didn't mean what I meant. He kind of reaches up and touches the scar over his brow and hangs his head. Oh. I sense a story. There usually is in my family. There was an argument. Your mother won. As she does. As she does. And now I wear this proudly as a badge of honor in battle against my wife. And a reminder not to tick mom off. And a reminder not to take your mother off. Did your father just say your mother did that to him? Oh, yeah. He told me that the first time I saw it. He said they were sparring, and her cat form is stronger than his. Really? (laughs) I kind of twitches a little bit. I guess we'll take his word for it. (laughs) Knowing my mother, he probably deserved it. You're not wrong. <laughs> Shall we continue? Yes, please. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> so he takes the charge and begins leading the party forward into the Sildrian Protectorate. And this building is fairly large, but you realize it's actually two buildings split slightly uh, in the middle. Peeking through this, we'll say, faux alleyway, you can actually see a little bit of the sparring grounds. Uh, behind where uh, these buildings are, and he leads you inside to what is actually beautiful hand-carved wooden structure. Uh, the same stark white on the outside. It's very, it's very what we would call alpine in nature. Okay. Uh, with how it is actually set up in here, with the large beams of wood making up the interior walls, with some of the white stucco material peeking through. Um. There's a grand entrance hall as you guys walk in with a fire roaring in the hearth, a few tables and whatnot set up in this entry hall and to the left and right and behind the bar you see a few hallways that branch off for what appears to be rooms, dormitories, apartments where the people who belong to the protectorate itself would actually live. However, instead of leading you guys down one of these hallways, Jeremir veers off to the right and goes to a door that's kind of inset behind where this fireplace is and opens it. And you are led into a large room with yet another fire roaring, a nice rug in the middle of the room, several couches, things of the nature, a lot of pillows. There's a lot of pillows all over the place. As you walk in, you see two snow leopards raise their eyes. They have... mm, Go ahead and give me perception checks. Everyone? Yes. Do I need to since I know them? You don't. 
You're good. 22. Eslin is ready to turn into cat form if needed. 18. Also 18. Okay, so all of you notice as... All of you notice, even you with your piddly little 14, as they raise their head up, both of these snow leopards actually have heterochromia with one dark brown eye and one vibrant sapphire blue eye. And they're both positioned so that way their eyes are on opposite sides and it's kind of looking at two statues that just kind of look back at you. Their tails flick and they just sit. Boys, behave. They both look over to you. One of them opens his mouth and stretches and yawns and you get that cat thing going on that I can't actually do and probably sounded horrible in this microphone. Boys, behave. The other one gets up and starts walking his way through the sea of pillows towards you. And he gets directly in front of you and he jumps up on his back legs and puts his paws on your shoulders and just stares at you. Scritch his ears. Good to see you too, Rysand. Uh, so your brother starts purring as he <laughs> scratches ear and turns into his human form. So that way it's a little less uncomfortable for the newcomers. Cassian, don't be rude. Come here. And he will also nonchalantly get up and kind of walk over and stand to the side of Ryzen. Rice man. There they are. So he will come over and kind of tail flick your nose in his snow leopard form. <laughs> Wrinkle nose. Yeah. And he will also turn into his human form. Uh, both of them are very much built like their father. Uh, both... Similar scars. Not similar <laughs> scars. They no. also get yeah. beaten up by mom. <laughs> they all get beaten up by mom in the most loving way. Uh, so they both have leather chest plates on, which you're very familiar with seeing them with the leather chest plates, leather leggings. Uh... And rather than have the necklace like uh, Jeremir did or the, the circlets like Eslin and her family have, they actually have tattoos that come up over their shoulder blades and up their neck, uh, very much in the design of knot work, woven through each other like knot work with enchantment. Uh, Rylite and Seol, both of you actually can recognize the enchantment and see the faint glow of actual arcane light coming off of these tattoos that they have. Uh, both of them have heterochromia, as mentioned before, with one brown eye of their father's and one blue eye of presumably their mother's, as it matches uh, Eslin's eyes. Um, however, Cassian's blue eye is his right eye, while Ryzen is his left eye. These are my brothers. Mm -hmm. eh. It's a pleasure to meet you. And you. And you. And you. <laughs> you as well. Naya's probably a little starstruck depending on how old they are. <laughs> Eslin's the older, right? Eslin's older. They're, how old is Eslin? 125. Okay. I have them both in my head about the equivalent of 19 or so, which would be like 90 to 100 years old in elf yeah, years. Nice uh, just staring with her mouth open at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Eslin would make the introductions. Mm -hmm. 
Sale was still just kind of slowly shrinking back, like, not quite sure what to think. You're a shy one, aren't you? Uh, the one that has... They both have sandy blonde hair, and the one whose hair is kind of shorter, piled a little bit more on top of his head, kind of leans around Eslin to you. Sale, you seem quite the shy one. Are you all right? He doesn't say anything. He just looks incredibly uncomfortable. Sneaks, quote unquote, up and just starts looking at his tattoos. Not even like, hey, can I see this? Just (laughs) completely just... Reading it, just no personal bubble. Yeah, no, no personal just... bubble. You realize you would actually have to climb them, being you. They're <laughs> yeah. on their shoulder blades. I'm on the mastiff, so like, you are on the mastiff. Stands on the dog. Just, like stands on the dog. I keep forgetting the mastiff exists. Yes, yes, yeah. I'm on the mastiff. If I have to climb, I will be climbing. All right. So there's two of them. There's the one with the shorter hair, and then there's one with <laughs> longer hair that kind of rests just above his shoulders, and it's just kind of free, controlled chaos. Which one's the one that uh, first came up? Uh, the one that addressed her with the shorter hair, that which was, would be uh, Rysan. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So it'd be climbing Rysan. Yes. What? 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 What is? Actually, hey, like, hey. start reaching. Stop, stop. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to reach. Stop. Ryo, stop. don't be rude. Here, have a cracker. Stop. Moving. <laughs> <laughs> Just takes the cracker and doesn't quite know what to do with it. Stop moving. Stop. I, I'm trying to read. You're, you're having some trouble getting over the twin hand axes strapped across his back. Yeah, like, I'm trying to, like, push him out and, like, can you just take these off? <laughs> By the way, their names one means warrior and one means dreamer. Which one am I writing right now? <laughs> the dreamers. Very curiously at this point, takes off the hand axes and tries to crane his neck around to look at you. You're an odd little thing, aren't you? Make yes. a great chew toy, wouldn't he, brother? Oh, yes, quite. I look at the brother and go, can you come here for a second? I want to see something. Eslin's eyebrows are in her hairline right now. He walks over to you cautiously. I can't Question just mark? look at their tattoos and just kind of like, I try to like look at both of them and go, yep, same exact tattoo. Yeah, they are same. identical tattoos. Okay. Guess, okay. I'm done with you. Hops back on the massive. Okay, where are we going now? They are both very, very confused. <laughs> Sorry about that. He's very curious about the world. Yeah. And he doesn't have very many social graces. It's all right. We can- what? I'm hungry. The one you handed the cracker to eats his. <laughs> I hold back. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Ryo, you won't be hungry how, for long how once to game my mother knows. with your uh, gnome friend. Crackers. Crackers. Yes. For the, record, gnomes, for the record, gnomes are apparently parrots in this campaign. <laughs> yeah, gnome want a cracker? Uh, it just happened. It did just kind of happen. Once my mother realizes that there is company to feed, you won't be hungry for long. Ah, uh, Cassian turns to you. Well, if you're waiting for mom and grandma, you're going to be here for a while. They're outside sparring again and training some of the newbies. Eslin just smiles and goes, Okay, let's go. <laughs> All right, we'll come out with you. This should be fun. Wait, what are we doing? Watching one of my favorite things to watch. So they actually go back over and they each pull out a skin of some sort. Uh, 
looks like a water skin when they open it the sweet smell of mead kind of permeates as they both take big swigs from their mead skins Eslin reaches over to the nearest twin takes her takes Very well. their flask and takes a drink hey it's been four months since I got to taste this you are very true here we've got an extra one in the back give us a second Naya and still hasn't moved they, <laughs> they will both go back and come back with another skin between them and hand it to you She's all smiles, opens it up, takes a swig, and just hands it to Nye and goes, I need this back. There is something about the meat of home that is comfort. Naya's moving in like slow motion. Yes. Not taking, she's just taking the, mm-hmm. her eyes are one place and her hands are in the other, and she's taking the meat and trying it. So at this point, <laughs> the brothers actually notice you just kind of staring. And they both walk over to you. What is this one? I'm not. What? I kind of poke the horns a little bit. What? what? Careful, she a, shocks. You're, you're this not, is Naya, my friend. What are you? It's okay. You can tell them. You're safe here. Half dragon? They both light up like children in a candy store. Swish my tail around for yeah. him if I see that. Like and, nervously. <laughs> Oh, you're so cute. Reaches <laughs> over and takes the flask back. I don't, I don't know that it ever got to her mouth. So I think she was just holding it. Naya, try that. <laughs> Take a drink, dear. They're both kind Take of circling takes you. Takes the and flask back. <laughs> it's very much almost like prey being circled by predators, yeah. except not because that's a little weird. Mm-hmm. Um, just very curious and kind of exploring you. And one of them kind of pokes your tail. The other one tugs it a little bit. <laughs> There's the horns, boys. The, the faint don't outline be rude. of scales on your shoulders mm-hmm. that they're kind of tracing with their fingers. They're utterly fascinated. The cat-like curiosity runs deep. <laughs> I love it. Sorry, I should have warned you about that. It, it's all right. <laughs> and you, they yeah. turn to hammer at the same time. <laughs> at the same time, kind of turn to hammer, and they come over to you. This is beautiful armor. They said you're made of metal, but how does that... Huh. Hmm. No, no, he he is the armor. He is the metal. Mm, yeah. It doesn't come off. Then tried. He has. It's not entirely accurate. It will come off if I wanted to. This must be awfully uncomfortable wearing armor all the time. One of them kind of reaches back and <clears throat> loosens up the chest plate and kind of pulls it forward a little bit to get a little bit of a breeze. Just Even this is uncomfortable all day. Maya's over there agreeing. <laughs> I do not believe I get uncomfortable. You are a fascinating creature. I must learn more. He doesn't sleep either. It's wonderful when we're out in the forest. And- Strategically, that makes a lot of sense. It, it does. Actually. It really does. <laughs> He also watches over me while I trance because he doesn't sleep. Well, in that case, thank you very much for watching after our sister. And also watch yourself around our sister. She's very odd. (laughs) When he first met me, he threw a trident at me. She was an intruder. You were a cat at the time. I was getting to that part. (laughs) (laughs) I was in panther form and it was a dark cave. 
All he right. missed. If we though. saw a panther in a dark cave, we'd probably do the same thing. Right? Yes. Luckily, he be missed. More, be more careful. And they both turn back to you and just kind of mob you with hugs, happy to see their sister. Just you need some. to be more careful. But we're happy you're home, even Thank if you. it is under odd circumstances. We're happy you're home. I've missed you guys. We've missed you as well. Now, let's go find yes. mom. <laughs> let's go find mom. Yeah. Be on your best behavior. She points to the rest of you. <clears throat> you saw what she did to the my The entire father. time, Sale has just been like mm. generally looking terrified and uncomfortable because he just doesn't know what to do. That's fair. I'll I'll drop back with Sale. Okay. They both head out and start leading anybody who wants to go with. Oh, I'm if, going. If, if none of you want to come, by all means, you're oh, no, more than I'm, welcome I'm to wait out here. Nope. Okay. No, I must see this. Ryo, I'm going to warn you, do not walk up to my mother and grandmother like that. You will be laid flat quickly. Oh, yes. Although that could be fun. Maybe you should <coughs> actually do that. And I, I think... Do they have tattoos like... I Sorry? No. I think they might outweigh you in cat form. That would hurt quite a bit. Oh, wait. If they're in cat form, how do I know if they're your mom or grandma? Oh, you'll know. Cats. You'll know. You'll know. You could always spa them let's as well. Let's go. Let's go see. I'm gonna. Poof. You've seen me change. Uh, to All right. Come They do the same thing. Emotional support. Counts. I also oh. say, all Naya drops back next to you because you two are sort of getting along. You're new. She's trying. They lead you out of the room and back out of the door that you came in from and through this fairly narrow alleyway that's just about big enough for you guys to fit through single file. You can hear the combat before you see the combat, the sounds of very large feline animals going at each other. And as you round the corner... <laughs> that's accurate. Eslin is just smiling, and the smile is growing bigger and bigger the closer they get. So as you go around the, the back of these buildings, there's a sparring uh, sand lot that's kind of set up. Oh, that looks fun. And it is. And you see several younger... Uh, We'll say newbies since we used that earlier. Several younger uh, initiates, there we go, into the protectorate that are standing and watching druidic combat in its most intense form. Several of them are of elven descent. There are, surprisingly, a couple of dwarves that are there. There's a gnome and, even more surprising, a couple of tieflings that are there as well watching this happen. And In the middle of this pit, you see... A giant black leopard. Uh, if you look closely, you can kind of see that there is differentiation in the blacks between the spots and the actual fur itself. Uh, that is going up against a larger cat, uh, black jaguar where, again, the spots are separated by shocks of bright orange fur that almost make it look like it's broken up like magma uh, on the, the fur of this animal. And they were going at each other. The larger cat pins down the 
black leopard. I forgot for a moment. The, the jaguar pins down the leopard and goes for the throat. And as she, it does, she stops just short of a killing blow and backs up. And the uh, leopard gets up. They both reset and jump at each other once again. This time, the leopard getting low and flipping herself over so that way the jaguar lands on its back and she pins the jaguar. I like to watch this all day. That would be my mother and my grandmother. <laughs> witch is witch. <laughs> um, as you guys are watching, they separate again and take a brief moment to pant and get their bearings again. They've, it's very physical combat. And you can see that the black leopard has a circlet very similar to Eslin's with a blue stone set into it. Where hmm? the generations have different colors, right? Or I said the wrong one. My bad. That's okay. If it were a cousin of my generation, yeah. it would be blue. <clears throat> there it is, purple. I just read the wrong line in in my notes. My apologies. That's okay. Um, so she has a purple stone, whereas the jaguar has a white stone set into the circlet that it is wearing. The white stone one, Sayol, to answer your question, is Grandma. Purple stone is my mother. They are both. Nope, that's the wrong accent. That's I my do accent. that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Pick up accents way too easily. Just like it, it's trading cards, but accents. <laughs> um. <laughs> they are both equally terrifying. <laughs> it's not wrong. Oh no! <laughs> no, you definitely should. Be a little afraid of them. But I guarantee you, once they know you're with me, you are safe. Do you think we'll be here for over an hour? Yes. Okay. I'm gonna go like. I'm gonna still be able to watch and sit Indian style and summon my familiar back. Okay. Go ahead. Eslin's going to discreetly move closer again ready to turn into cat form do they know you're back they should can you just jump in and scan them it'd be fun (laughs) it would wouldn't they smell you if they're cats right now oh they probably already have yeah here's what I thought mom always knows where I'm at as you say that both of the cats Look up directly at you. <laughs> Eslin just curtsies. Very, very low curtsy. Uh, both of them will turn and your grandmother will do a slight roar uh, to alert the initiates. They'll be back in a moment. They both walk over and kind of leap the makeshift fence around the sparring circle and come over to you. Who's on which side? Because I'm okay. assuming she's an Eslin sandwich at the moment. Pretty much. Uh, it's going to be your grandmother on your right and your mother on your left. Put hands on both of their heads and turn to panther form. Yes. So you turn into your panther form and she fits right in. <laughs> 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 both of them 
expecting something like this as it's happened many times in the past kind of bear your weight as you shift into your uh, panther form and you are of a comparable size to both of them though the jaguar and it, the jaguar especially is slightly larger than you we have very cool friends and both of them pounce on you I was going to say cat pile <laughs> you're friends <laughs> Rolling, tumbling cat pile. Absolutely. I figured we were just acquaintances going to the same place. These are weird people. I would say we're <laughs> Cassian and Rysen both look at each other. Well, that looks like fun. And turn into cats themselves and join in the cat pile. <laughs> I want to be a cat. I want to so be a cat pile. Three black female cats with circlets. And two snow leopards. Two snow leopards that, wrestling. now that you are closer, you can actually see, like, the faint arcane shimmer of the tattoos under the fur. So their tattoos are actually, like, their druidic focus. They're amazing. I just look over and I just point at the tattoos. I want to read those. I feel like I the twins would be very fun because snow leopards have really freaking long tails. <laughs> So we'd just be like, flick. Nose flick. Flick. <laughs> yep. <laughs> even, even Nivan gets in on it, and there is now a small winged cat <laughs> that kind of swoops into the cat pile. Is it that your... Oh. All right, then. <laughs> Nivan, if you could Wait, turn, I'm not summoning you, summoning you back for another day. <laughs> <laughs> my owlbear is probably on my back. <laughs> Yeah, he's with me summing my familiar. Yeah, throw him in the cat pile. I don't think that's a <laughs> Throw the baby owl bears into the cat pile. They'll that get sounds squished. Like a great idea. They just killed their mother. No, and he'll come out. Like, I mean, how many pounds of cat is in there? A lot. Yes. A lot. <laughs> the babies uh, would get squished. The the, the jaguar is on the large size, nearing four four or four to five hundred pounds. The uh, leopard, I remember it eventually, uh, is actually large as well, nearing about 300 pounds, and the snow leopards have about an extra 80 pounds apiece. So, very much close to a thousand plus pounds yeah, of and just cat. and that's not counting feral <laughs> roiling cat. Pardon me, for a thousand and three pounds because of Nivon. <laughs> <laughs> Naya just stands there looking and just like half smirking, half smiling. Jeremy's off to the side, just kind of face palming. Aren't you going to join them? I value my safety far too much. That's that's understandable. That's a that's a lot. About that time, Cassian is ejected from the pile and just kind of lands. And Telepathically, you just hear Eslin just laugh. <laughs> it walks over by his father and unshifts. He's got a fresh cut across his left peck. You definitely had the right idea, father. <laughs> well, Eslin's having a blast in there. Yes, yes, she is. She's also very painful. <laughs> <laughs> Cat pile. <coughs> About this time, recent is also ejected the opposite direction it just kind of lands 
shrugs and lays there in cat form. <laughs> Snow leopard form, pardon me. <laughs> More telepathic laughter. Now. Yeah. <laughs> Nirvana's back on your shoulder and gives you kind of a frustrated look. Just, just say will just points at the cut on uh, Cassian's yeah. chest. Nivan brings his paw up and nose boops you. <laughs> you are a three pound cat. It's like 15 times your size. No! He's pouting. <laughs> if cats could pout, Nivan folds his wings kind of in front of him. Scritches. Pouts. Then starts purring from the scritches <laughs> while still pouting. About this time, the large cats that are your mother and grandmother kind of back off, leaving you be panting heavily, as are you by this point. Very physical combat. Not even combat. I think this is a form of affection. I'm not sure. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) One that Eslin has... always a form of affection. One that Eslin has dearly missed. And your mother is the first to break uh, her cat form. And you can see now where Eslin gets her blue eyes and the platinum blonde hair. It's kind of up in a half-braided style that looks like a rose on the back of her head. Uh, However, she does have the violet stone instead of the blue stone that Eslin has, uh, which matches her silver and purple dress that she is wearing and unlike all the men who seem to have bladed weapons of some sort and even Eslin uh, she just keeps a wand tucked into the front of her gown that is gnarled and again looks to be made of the same material as the fountain is uh, which would be part of the tree and that was the leopard of the jaguar that was the leopard And in her human form, she tackles Eslin again, this time giving you a massive hug and scratching the top of your head. Lean into the scratch and then... Oh, it is so good to see you home. I'm so glad that you're safe. Turn back into human form. Return the hug. Yeah, And she's still just kind of scratching the top of your head (laughs) affectionately. And your grandmother also takes this opportunity to uh, give up her cat form. Yes, decat herself. Uh, (laughs) Your grandmother, and you know this. Declaw, but actually a decent thing to do to a cat. (laughs) So your grandmother, you already know this, but the rest of you see an elven woman that is grace incarnate. (coughs) She carries herself with an almost feline grace that is accented by her live and graceful form. She also wears the circlet with the white stone, but it almost gets lost in her platinum hair, the only thing that betrays the age of this woman. Uh, Her hair is pulled back into kind of a crown braid that sits underneath the circlet. Her sapphire eyes glimmer with a fierceness like, or that cuts like a knife, and it feels like she's looking into the core of your being when her gaze washes over you. However, she is not wearing a gown like... Uh, Eslin is like uh, Eslin's mother is. Uh, she wears a white breastplate 
that almost looks like woven mycelium uh, over a simple green silk shift uh, with leggings that match leather leggings that match but seem to have nodes of the same hardened calcified woven mycelium very obviously a gift from chanterelle at some point in her life uh and she just kind of stands back and watches the two of you before rushing in and getting on in on the hug action herself hugging both you and your mother welcome home thank you i'm good i'm glad to be home it is always good to have you, though I wish the tidings were much kinder. Yeah, it's been a little scary out there. So I've heard. Come, uh, our dinner should be, or lunch, I should say, should be nearing uh, its completion. We can talk over meal. Also, you would see on Grandma's belt, she has three small hammers. Yes. That you also have seen Eslin carry yes. as well. Yes. The hammers are Grandma's favored weapon. They've become Eslin's as well. I got one. <laughs> it feels it's a little bigger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it fits in my head. <laughs> Mine's bigger yet. <laughs> if you'll give us just a I moment. don't have a weapon. And the... What you now know is her grandmother kind of glides over to this sandpit and relays to everybody there that training for the day is over and she expects them to be there bright and early the following morning to get their uh, fierceness beaten into them. I want to help. (laughs) Would you like to help train? Oh, very much. Mom, (laughs) Grandma, is that okay? Of course. I can't we would do what always you do. welcome those of other walks of life to train with our young. That would be fantastic. So, as we're walking towards the meal, Eslin would introduce everyone. Yes. So, Hammer's bummed everybody's leaving him because he's still summoning his own. <laughs> yeah, as we're walking off, I'm just kind of like. They, <laughs> they said it was going to be an hour. We'll say with with the time with the time that you guys watched everything happen and everything, it's been about an hour. I'm not going to be that mean to you. <laughs> and as one wouldn't leave you behind. You can, we must, you can leave him behind. You should always split the party. No, 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 no Lunch no. is getting done. Ah, uh, yes. L- let's make sure the one that doesn't eat yes. is absolutely with us. <laughs> I can eat. I don't have to eat. We human beings are going to sit down and eat. You can watch. <laughs> Wait, when did you change your race to human? I was about to say. Oh, do you you like to know? Oh, you're biased. Would you like to have a boy in the party? <laughs> Your girlfriend. Wait, whoa, what? Hey, hey. <laughs> Telling her. <laughs> uh. So you are led back inside and back into the pillowed room that you saw in the first place. And Loof. there is there's a little bit more of tidiness. Somebody came in here and straightened things up a little bit while you guys were out. Why would they do that? It was good before. No, it's still a pillow mecca. I say we make a pillow fort later. I agree with this. All right. <laughs> roll for pillow fort. <laughs> roll for teddy Natural bear. 20. <laughs> uh, 
so you are led back into this room and led to the table that is... I did not roll a 20. I did, in fact, roll a four. (laughs) Worst pillow fort ever. And led to the table that kind of sits in part of the room. And there are not actually any chairs here. It is very much like a kneeling table or sitting table. There's plenty of seat pillows around the table for all of you. This is the best dinner ever. Remind me that I need one of these when I go home. I think we can make that happen. Fire like awkwardly like hops off the mastiff, but not just like hops off, but like tries to like scoot off and then like his feet can't touch the ground yet and he just drops it. Roll an acrobatics check. (laughs) Heckity heck. Die. Is it an acrobatics? Yes. Twelve on the die plus one, so thirteen. Okay, you do manage to land on your feet. I'm proud of you. <laughs> I will fail that. I will cruel sun everyone. Don't, don't, uh, don't do that. That's the next story arc. <laughs> uh, Sale looks slightly more comfortable. At this kind of reminds him of at home eating. Mm-hmm. So he would sit it, on cloth and pillows. There are certain tribal elements to Eldrick that would in fact make Sale feel a little bit more at home and at ease regardless of everything else that's going on. (laughs) Regardless of elf. Regardless of elf. So, you all sit down. Shortly after sitting, there is uh, someone that brings out a few dishes. There are some roasted vegetables. There are some of the fresh fruits that were seen earlier, as well as what appears to be some sort of roast animal, presumably boar or something to that effect. That is all brought to the table and kind of served family style with two large carafes of that mead that was shared earlier at the table, as well as one carafe of wine and several carafes of just water. I finagle it to where one of those carafes of meat is in front of me and just stays there. <laughs> we'll just, I'll just keep passing the other one while refilling yeah, mine with the one in like front of to me. to her left, like waiting for the meat, like <laughs> fashionable, and he's like, I guess I'll take some things. Waiting for the meat, bread. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> it's passing everything else, but right, everything but the mead. Soup somehow gets in here and we're like, my main course is already then. As one has a glass of mead and a glass of water. Yes. And seeing you and I uh, kind of sitting on your own, or not sitting on your own, but seeing you sit down, both of the brothers make a point to sit near you, still out of a point of fascination. Naya's alright with this. I'm sure she is. <laughs> so wait, does it go brother, Naya, Rhyolite, Mastiff, brother? Or brother, brother, Naya, Rhyolite, I feel like it Mastiff. goes brother, Naya, brother. Now, no, I'm sitting now, two brother, It wait, would be brother, me. brother, Naya, Rhyolite. <laughs> and nobody questions the dog also sitting on a pillow at the table. As he yeah, should. The, the Mastiff has more manners than Rhyolite. Than Rhyolite yes, Let's be that has been very well established. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, the half dragon has a crush on the elf boys. Ladies and gentlemen, the the half dragon has two crushes. Yes. And twins. 
think we're getting in a little bit too deep here. <laughs> there is there is there is a market for that. I am aware. It's it's weird. She's going to eat my caramel and mind my own business. Eslin is happily surrounded by her family. Yes. And I'm still passing everything but the meat to Ryland. <laughs> Sale just kind of looks Where to Es Eslin and just do you does your family not cook together? We do sometimes when we're not wrestling. Oh. Mine is every dinner, every night. We cook a lot. We do cook quite a bit together, and you are welcome to join us if you would like. <laughs> uh, it, okay. Naya smiles encouragingly at Sayol, like, yeah. that could be fun. Eslin's mother, who has been introduced as Bologna. Bologna, Bologna. One of the two. I think we have Bologna. Jeremy Bologna. and Bologna. Okay. Her mother is not Bologna. Bologna! Bologna does not have a first name. Uh, Bologna says, yes, we do often cook together as a family, but with the warning that we received from Eslin, we had to make some preparations. Luckily, we made enough. Forgive me, but I'm I'm concerned with knowing what's coming this way. It doesn't look as if the town is preparing for this. Her grandmother, Sidira, answers See, at this point. See, that's a better name. It's not Baloney or Jeremy, but, you know, hey, old. <laughs> Thank you very much. Dude. Pardon me, I have to stab our tiefling. <laughs> You named your mother Baloney. No, <laughs> you did. Oh, no. Sounds like Baloney. Bologna does not smell like Baloney. Sounds like Baloney. <laughs> did you just say Bologna does not smell like Baloney? <laughs> yeah, I heard that. I ignored it. <laughs> I was hoping no one noticed. No, no, I did. This is how everything gets off the tracks and derails, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. And then how gnomes become parents. <laughs> and how gnomes become parrots. Eat a cracker and shut up, Riley. Anyway. <laughs> so Sidira pipes up. We're actually more prepared than you think. Uh, several of our best have been sent to help in the guarding of the tree. We have moved up the training of a lot of our initiates for the Protectorate in order to help train them for the impending battle that may or may not be coming, depending it's, on if we can waylay them ahead of time. It's a large army. Yeah, we saw several hundred. We have a couple of scouting parties of our own out trying to scout for this army and report back and see what they have. Well, they have scouting parties out as well. Yes. And I kind of indicate Jeremir. Yeah. And she kind of looks over at Jeremir and nods for a second. But we also cannot fight on an empty stomach. That I agree Food with. Food is of the utmost importance in maintaining our strength, and unfortunately, being what we are, we burn a lot of calories. Naya's just agreeing with everything she's saying right now. <laughs> yes, but you will not go hungry here. But of course, having never a lot had an of you around is. <clears throat> we have another parrot. <laughs> <laughs> having a lot of you around will help out quite a bit with everything, and especially if. Uh, you wouldn't mind helping train some of our newer initiates. We have fought these before. We only have 
so much experience of our own and getting them acquainted to how different people, different uh, cultures fight is of the utmost importance for them. That's very exciting. I would love to help you. Yes, would you I as well. You as well, you large metal creature that goes against everything we believe in. Anyway. But he is definitely a friend. Yes. He doesn't sleep. Should I so I have a <laughs> so I have a guardian while I trance. <clears throat> that is that is wonderful to hear. Hammer is a, a welcome ally so on the battlefield. Just, oh, so I'm just sure. quietly <laughs> sneak snip on some food occasionally. Everybody notices. Nobody says anything because it's not out of place. Yeah, Eslin has a small plate of cut up fruit that she just pushes over to Seol for the cat. If the tidings are as you say, that puts the tree and Eldrick itself in extreme danger. We have actually sent out a call to bring back many of the Shikari as well. You'll meet more of my family then. Do, do they know who the prophet is? Grandma might. Yes. We have an interesting ally, a beholder. Well... He calls himself the Prophet, and he showed himself to us in the form of a beholder, wearing a crown. It would be they. They. As a correction. Thank you. Thank you. They showed themselves to us. Don't As a beholder, jokers. wearing a crown, and gave us, gave us a gift. That is fascinating. I've never heard of anything like that. We should be able to use that already, right? Yes, it's been at least a week since it was directed us here. Hmm, I would be very interested in meeting this prophet if it is a guide, as you say. Normally such creatures are not too kind to the normal people of the world. I look at Eslin and then I go ahead and launch into the story of all of us sharing the dream. And tell them the story of the Red Midnight. And I pull the sphere from my bag of holding and show it to them. Okay. And let them know that we can ask the Prophet one question a week. And the last okay. time we asked a question to the Prophet, it directed us here. Okay. She sits and listens to your story, which is a story that you will wait. I'll have to wait for the exposition video that will come out in the near future to hear. It's a lot to go into right now. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. We've we've actually I wasn't been here for it. You were not here for it. We've actually been at this for a little while and when we were going to start recording, COVID happened and none Skip of us really COVID. wanted to take it online. So we're at a point now where we can start recording. Yay! Woo. What's COVID? Uh, hi, this is uh, future DM and editor here. Um, as I'm sure you can already tell from it being the first episode, this exposition, the ex- exposition, I can talk, I swear. This expositionary stuff has already come out. Hope you enjoyed it. You've been living under a rock? Terms and conditions. Where, are you? where am I? Anyway. I'll tell you where you're not here in a second. <laughs> Shut up and sit down in your cage. Eat your cracker. <laughs> I have something to actually make a crunch noise. That's what I was doing earlier. Like, I closed the box. You and your crunchy marshmallows. 
It's Lucky Charm marshmallows, essentially. It's amazing. That's that's actually kind of awesome. So, uh, what more can you tell us of the imminent danger, uh, aside from what you've told us about your travels and everything that's happened so far? There are way too many of them headed this way. Thousands. They're metal. They can make horrific sounds and scare you away from them. They almost there's, killed Naya. There's magic. It's it's not good. And I, and I think it's... I think it's somehow connected to the Sterics and the thing it's, he summoned during the Red Midnight and something about Morgul the Caustic Ruin. And it, it's a mess. Hmm. Uh, everybody roll perception checks. That's Thirteen. a four. I passed that twenty. My passive perception is higher than the roll I just made. Fourteen. Fourteen. Verified okay. by Seol. So, mm-hmm. Eslin, as this is being explained, you see your grandmother listening intently. As she does. She's she's very intent when it comes to the protection of the city, her people, and the tree itself, especially. So Naya's telling the story of everything that happened and getting into the point of the Red Midnight. When she mentions Morgul the the Caustic Ruin, you see, for the splittest of seconds, a flash of unbridled panic in Sidira's eyes. telepathically to grandmother. What? What is that? We will talk later. Not at the table, please. Naya keeps going because she didn't oh, okay. it, it, it was telepathic talking. communication. Yeah. Right, so. and Naya just keeps talking over it and just explaining yes. strategies against the army, strategies against the creatures. I explained... Therics, we couldn't hurt him. I think I'm the only one that did. I mean, just everything. Like, I just tell them everything because this army is heading here. Correct. And Naya is afraid for them and afraid for the tree. Do you believe that they are here to attack us? To attack the tree? I think they're after or the to tree. Put pressure. No, I think they're after the tree from. <sighs> I don't remember exactly what the prophet said when we asked him where our next move was, but he directed us here. And I he, don't think it's the people he's after. I he directed us to the monolith. Well, something under it, maybe? Why don't we just ask him again? I, I, what is the purpose of the army? I, that's that's not a bad idea. But his, his exact words were the monolith, which we took to be referring to the tree, because our tree has been called the monolith in the past. What just happened? Did you accidentally Why clock you the mic? Sm- no, it was no, on I purpose. Was anyway. Oh, okay. Why? I was I very know. concerned for a second. I've been up since six. Some of it's left. Yes, uh, <laughs> the tree has been called the monolith in the past. Uh, you can have two. The tree has been called the monolith in the past and still is at some points in time. That is an old name for it. Yes, my father of all people told us that that it was an older name for it. But 
He knows a lot of the world's history. Your father seems like an interesting, learned man. I'd love to meet him someday. That would be an interesting time. (laughs) She leans... Cat lady and dragon meet. What will they do? (laughs) She leans back in her chair and kind of situates herself so she's a little bit more comfortable and her expression darkens as she thinks and tries to piece some information together. Hammer, Mm. do you want to ask the prophet what the army is? It would be the wisest choice. Aslan is just observing her grandmother. I have a question. Naya, could you please ask the mead or I'm going to tell Ryzen that you got a crush on her. What mead? And I pour another glass for myself. (laughs) (laughs) What was that? I'll pour, him, like, I'll pour him a glass of mead and then set it back down in front of me. Takes a sip and go, Ew, never mind. I'll take that and drink it as well. Now uh, I have two. <laughs> Twilight forgot he doesn't like alcohol. <laughs> I will I will slide the orb towards you because any of us can use it. So yeah, I will no. slide Herb. the orb towards you. I've never you. used it before. Wait a minute. Did you just slide a ball in front of people that can turn into a cat? <laughs> Everybody's gaze locks. No, no, no. We have more restraint than that. Now, if it was a ball of yarn. That would be done. We'd be done. You better hide your little wooden ball that turns into a house. (laughs) Eslin is going to pick up the orb. Hammer, I will give this to you in just a moment. Hand it to her grandmother to look at. She looks at it and it just... The, this blue cat's eye orb that's just kind of sitting in her hand and she picks it up and rolls it around kind of admiring it in the light her eyes flash and a ring on her left hand flashes do I recognize the flash since I have that spell yes Okay. she, she identifies the orb I thought so that is very fascinating is the orb tiger's eye yeah, cat's yes, eye. It's, it's, a, blue. it's blue. It's a it's, uh, blue cat's eye, which blue. I actually have a physical representation of it somewhere, but I can't gorgeous, find it. And I love it. <coughs> Where is that? I think it's in my top well, drawer just funny. over here in my okay. stuff, but I need to actually find it, find it. Gotcha. She actually hands it back to you, Eslin. Eslin holds it for just a moment, and then she hands it to Hammer. Was there anything special? Was there anything special that we had to do? I can't. I can't remember. No. So you had to hold it and ask the question, and the prophet would answer in we a get cryptic one a week. manner. Yep, we get one a week. Oh, so I will ask it. What is the purpose of the dark army that we saw? What is our current objective? As you say this, you watch the orb fracture in your hand, and light begins emanating from it and engulfing the room. Does everybody see it, or is it just us? Well, we'll get there. Okay. <laughs> uh, soon the entire room is filled with this almost blinding white light. And as your eyes adjust to it, you look around and you see Sadira there. You do not see any of your other family there. Uh, in this blinding, whited out, lit space. So we all see each other and Sadira. You all Sadira. see each other and Sadira and no as Sadira held okay. it in her hand. None of the others have held it in their hand. Got it. So 
And plus, Sidira actually took the time to identify yep. what the orb itself actually was. As you all patiently wait, you say, oh, confused beyond all reason. As I was going to say, yeah, he doesn't see it. Right? No. <laughs> uh, wait, am the, I not? Do I not see any of this? You are there. Okay. For other reasons. Okay. <laughs> yes. <Ooh>. Um, <clears throat> the blue orb, very reminiscent of the cat's eye itself, floats from the space in front of you. The central eye opens. The eye stalks <laughs> pop out of the body, then that of a crown. You, Seol, find yourself looking at the deity that your tribe worships. He, he does, he, he sort of panics for a second and then like, uh, um, (laughs) kind of, but more of just like, kind of gets on his knees and then like bends over like a bow it's weird mm-hmm. <laughs> but he tra- he's trying his best <laughs> it is good to see you here I was wondering when you would hear my call the prophet's voice emanates through all of you but you can all feel it pointed directly to say oh it is good that you have answered the call Now, you have all asked of this dark army. I will give you your answer, but as usual, you will have to discover the meaning yourself. The tree, the seed, the barrier, locking within it the origin of evil. The army seeks what lies beneath. Make haste. They are nearly upon you. And the vision begins to grow cloudy. And the prophet itself fractures and splits and crumbles much like the orb did in your hand and the light fades to darkness. When all of your vision returns, Hammer, you still hold the orb in your hand, and you are all sitting back around the table. We are going to take a little bit of a break. And we are back. Would would we have blatantly noticed that the grandma was there? Yes, you all saw. You all, all of you saw that Sadira was there with you guys. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the podcast. (laughs) We're recording a podcast. (laughs) Hey, TJ. We're recording. Person on uh, your Reaper. You probably person. BGM, Stefan, Ryan, Nikki, Sheila. It's person. probably me. Uh, and then I can't pronounce the no, last name. No, uh, person is. 
person is there as if we have somebody else come in or whatnot. And you. And you. So after, and then TJ. All right. So, so after everything fades, I'll, I'm gonna like ask her. Like, were you a chosen one? Because he'll be confused as why she was in on the whole everything. <laughs> I. I don't believe so. Perhaps it has something to do with the fact that I touched the orb or identified it. Interesting. Oh, yes, may I see the orb? The seed, the barrier, <laughs> locking within Sorry. it the origin, origin of evil. The army Very seeks interested. what lies beneath. Make haste, they are almost upon you. That was his answer. What lies beneath the tree? I am unsure exactly what it is that lies beneath the tree. That knowledge is held close to the heart of the High Guardian. It doesn't sound good, whatever it is. It is said in our history that the tree was given, the seed of the tree was given to the first of our order by Ula herself to plant, to keep whatever this evil was buried under the tree. The tree itself acts as a barrier and as a seal for whatever lies down there. That's what they're coming from. That. If what your prophet has said is correct, this sounds like what they are coming after. Absolutely. We need to know more about it. We need to know how to protect it. For this, you would need to speak with the High Guardian. But they are not here currently. They should be back within a day or two, but... Will they beat the army? I pray they will. How many guardians are in the city at this moment? Because I know some of us are spread out. Currently, there are the 50 at the gate. There's our family, of course. The initiates. All in all, we have a force probably nearing around 100, 125. And you have us. And that tips the odds slightly in our favor, but if this army is as large as you say it is, then I fear that... That might not be enough, even if we were to get the Keepers and the Worldsmiths to aid us. That only puts us up to nearly 400. That's not enough. How many Sakari are coming back? We've sent the word out, but until they arrive, we have no real means of knowing how many are going to answer the call, or how many many will be able to answer the call before... Whatever happens, happens. Okay. What kind of defenses does Eldrick have? The pavement that you walked here in, or walked here on, is actually a protective symbol that protects the city. Uh, there are also protections in place above the spire gate that would stop anyone from flying over the spire gate to get to the tree as well. But they are old magics. Tunneling under? I wouldn't put it above them. You have a point. 
I will make sure we get someone on that to check <coughs> and make sure we keep that those ways clear as well. Weapons? Siege weapons? Trebuchet? Anything? We don't have things like that around here. Our... Our protectorate has been enough for hundreds of years. You do not possess magical wands with spells inside? Pulls her focus out. <laughs> all yes, around the table. We have wands. All of, all of the <laughs> women pull out wands of varying gnarled wood. Okay. But I don't think that one's a wand. I think that one does something else. They are... They come from the tree. Every woman in town. But he would recognize them. Their spell focus is not actual, like wands and magic um, missiles and lightning bolts and firebolt. Give me an Arcana check. Roll with it. Roll at advantage. Yeah, we all just pull the wands out. You're like, really? <laughs> Oof. I know. I think that's in the Oh. Oh. So with a thirteen, <laughs> you would you would understand that they were probably more focuses than any sort of magical item or anything like that. So I meant more along the means of magical items that anyone can use. Wands such as that are usually held by the highest of our orders. Very well. If you have extras, I suggest you pass them to whoever use them. She is visibly shaken at this point, which is again new for you, Eslin, as she's usually the unshakable rock of the family, and she is visibly shaken, enough so that your mother, father, and brothers are both uneasy as well looking at her. And Naya said like the riddle. She said it out loud for everyone at the table to hear as well. Right. None of them seem to be able to come up with any ideas as to what it might mean apart from what they already know Mm -hmm. that the, the tree is planted to hold some sort of evil underneath that this army is apparently after. I keep forgetting I have guidance now. <laughs> Does Naya know enough about magic that she can ask if we can send a message or anything like that, or is that above her yet? Like, not something she would know. Uh, What's your intelligence score? Hi, Naya has seen me ridiculous... use a uh, message before. It's 14. <laughs> Roll Arcana for me at advantage. I believe you would know because I have. It's an 18. I believe she was around me when I asked somebody if they could send a message before, back when we were going around to the different churches. Possibly. That's an 18. Yeah. Regardless, with that kind of a role from your from your upbringing and your father's tutelage, yes, you would understand what Dragons that is. Dragons all have magic. Can we use? A spell I've I've seen to I know it's limited. Could we use a spell to send to your the highest of your order to find 
the, the High Guardian? Is that what you called it? Yes. Called them. Uh, can we can we use something magical to get a message to have a conversation before they get here so we know what we're dealing with so we know if we need to go down and protect it from beneath or if we need to shore up the city I do not know of any of our order who can use such magics alright and even if we did she might not Understand what it was that we were Correct. asking. Yeah, I know that. I know the spell is limited. You, you don't get to say much. Another squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> I think it might take more than a squirrel to get to her. Where is she at the moment? Currently, she went to the south. She was on a. Mission regarding a supply route in order to try to get some extra supplies our direction. She felt something was off in the air and left probably three days ago. Just missed her. Then we wait. She we felt something off and she left. To ensure that we had supplies and to try to make sure that we had extra weapons, which should we need them. We. <coughs> We as druids typically do not use implements made of metal except for our weapons. Yes, I understand that my people did not much either. Granted, we did not have access to it. But shouldn't the strongest of your people have stayed behind? You're with them. Sorry, I'm lagging. <laughs> it does. When the High Guardian frequently. when the High Guardian is gone, it's the most powerful of each of the orders of each of our duties, rather, that holds the peace while they are gone. I'm the matriarch of the family, and I am the one in charge of the Sildian Protectorate currently. I come from a very, very long line of powerful guardians. My home is very different from here. Tell me of your home. Perhaps we could... Sorry, I just realized. Are we, like, literally on the opposite? Oh, I'll show you. I got a blow. Ladies and gentlemen, map consultation. Here. Yeah, so we're, we're straight up on the opposite side of the... Alright. Come over here? No. Yeah, okay, we're right here. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I got, I got okay. Yeah, so. Yes, you are on the complete opposite side of the yeah. world from where home is How for did you. I get here? Tunnels. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong left turn. Mike and it gods I knew I should have turned left at that Albuquerque. <laughs> What's an Albuquerque? <laughs> it's not in the accent. That was not in character. what we were doing. Well, if you have any other weapons that we could use that are better than the ones we possess, that would be greatly appreciated as well. I would have you go to the Worldsmith's Foundry. I will send word that you are going to be coming. We have some things. We have very fine artisans. They may be able to help you in some ways. 
We need to go see them anyway. We have specialized armor that we need to have made. Oh, very interesting. What did you find? I hold up the cub. (laughs) (laughs) She's going to pull out one of the chitin scales and lay it in front of her grandmother. Be like, I have enough for a breastplate. And Naya needs bracers made of those. I see you have been traveling with Chanterelle. I hope she guided you well. Yes, she did. As usual with Chanterelle, it was rather interesting. interesting. (laughs) Naya downs one of the cups of meat in her hand. (laughs) Naya learned not to eat anything that Chanterelle has been too close to. Thumps it down. That was certainly an interesting first night. First impression. Sorry. Runs in the family. First out of yes, the um, I would recommend not eating anything Chanterelle cooks unless you don't have any plans for the day. I, I wish I would have known that a few days ago, but thank you. I, I do know that for now. We were very happy to see her and have her with us, though. Though she is unusual? delightfully odd and unusual. <laughs> Does it Chanterelle work in this situation? <laughs> like it's... Perhaps. <laughs> she is quite the dear friend and quite the accomplished warrior in her own right. Oh, she was very helpful. She is of the Keeper's abode, but she has a much different job than the other Keepers that maintain the groves and gardens here within the city. But I'm glad of all of everyone who could have found you that it was her and that you got here so quickly following her paths. However, the Kruthix can serve quite the problem. Luckily, you seem to have made it through safely. Yeah, they don't taste good. We were a little worried at the end. One of them turned to strange do what they want. It was strange that it kept coming back with magical energies somewhat changed and then a large spider like killed it and it spoke to us and I don't even want to talk about that. That is quite the story. Um, mm. I start drinking the other cup of mead. <laughs> Eslin pushes, changes out the water cup <laughs> for her. So, the other tree that resides underneath there, the mycelio oak, as it is called. Yes, uh, we saw that. That is... uh, He trapped me. He did. That's how we found Seul. Ah, very interesting. That's right. I forgot that that particular myconid group had issues with tieflings in the past. This is why we don't usually let the initiates go down there. We fought. We won. We got to save him. He's My bear dead. form came in very handy. That's I how I know they don't taste good. Passage. That tree is gone. We chopped it down. Burned we it. No, 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 no. Blind panic again for a second. <laughs> Not quite as unbridled as when. Yeah. No, he's he's teasing you. Very well. No, no, but we he... really did. And pulls out the Kruthix uh, claw that I have. The twelve-inch like in diameter Kruthix. Yeah. See, there you go. So That's that part is of the, the weird crabs. Yeah. So she kind of reaches over and it's just out of her reach and so Cassian picks it up and hands it off to her and she kind of examines it. 
This is very interesting. I haven't really seen much like this before except in the Mycelioke itself. The Mycelioques, there are a few of them under each of the continents, supposedly. It is one large wired network that allows the other Myconid colonies to contact other Myconid colonies. It is something very central to their particular culture. It's just mushrooms, like usual. Just regular mushrooms. Yes, except they are yes. very strange in nature. Connected to very raw, untamed magics, and they're very strange. They seem corrupted, yet they are not. However... This is very interesting. I've never heard of the mycelial corruption passing into other creatures before. I don't know if that's what this is. It's very similar looking at this particular claw, which is still faintly glowing with those orange and violet energies and everything. Hmm? But, hmm. That is quite fascinating. I should ask Chanterelle about this sometime. Zombie bug. Zombie bug. She'd be able to tell you more about it. She kind of unceremoniously slides it across the table towards you, and Bilana visibly winces just in case the table scratches. That is mahogany. (laughs) Can that creature not come help? The tree. He looked like a formidable foe. I suppose that we could have Chanterelle talk to them. That would be another false. I, that's a wonderful idea, Hannah. And especially if they're used to being underground. Are we they sure? They could warn you if they're tunneling. <coughs> I like the way you think. What of those of us that can turn into things that are used to being underground? Could we guard down there? We may not need to if the Igsbalaf will help. (laughs) But if he refuses, then we have another plan. I wonder if there have ever been other instances of dire molds in (laughs) D&D. Just say dire molds. No, dire molds. Molds. I heard dire molds. Like the mold on the wall is dire. Mm -hmm. That's what I heard. It's like regular mold, except it's dire. Dire mold mold can indeed be dire. A dire dire situation. (laughs) Yes, I like the way you think. I I believe we're going to be having a meeting sometime near this evening around the center of town. I would be honored if you guys would be my special guest at this meeting, since you have an idea of what it is that we are possibly dealing with. Uh, we'll be there. This, these are all things that can be addressed there as well. And definitely more more minds on the thought of how to protect the city are better than just us. The city... The city is home. The city is not what we are here to protect. Of course. The city can fall if the tree survives. Of course, none of us, none of us want to see the city fall, but it is a sacrifice all of us are willing to make to save the tree. Of course. Then that will be our goal as well. Yes, I fear what they may be able to do should they find what is underneath. 
You asked me earlier, Eslin. I know that you saw my moment of panic. While I do not know what is under there, I do know that it pertains to Morgul. It cannot fall into their hands. <coughs> then we won't let it. I need, I need to speak with my father so, so badly. Can we get a message to him? Maybe with your spell that you use with the squirrel. But he's, he's back on the other continent. Things hurt. fly. Hopefully he got home to my mother. Well, we haven't heard that he didn't. We're going with no news is good news. Yes. <laughs> we tend to do that a lot around here with the Shikari. That is very true. Out in the world. <clears throat> Though we... <clears throat> we tend to believe wholeheartedly that whole no news is good news because no news means that the circlets of our kin the focuses of the other shikari have not been returned to us they're all enchanted and upon the death of the holder of the item they are returned so we can still put them to rest and home interesting we find out that one of our own has fallen two weeks after when the circlet returns to the elder of the family. All right. That's why they don't, and she reaches up. It doesn't move. Mm-hmm. The circlets do not come off. Yeah. Once right. they are placed, that's it. And tomorrow I will show you where the circlets go if you would like. Yes, I would. And if the elder of the family falls the next elder is chosen when that elder circlet shows up to them yes that's one way to do this it is a way of ensuring that we can endure our dead where they are the safe where they feel the safest no one wants to die away from home and never be able to rest at home again so we ensure that understand. our dead are able to do so. I can understand that. Because sometimes we fall far from home. And we... Mortal remains don't make it home all the time. I, I do think we should send a message. Sooner rather than later. If we have something, we can get to him. Hopefully he'll have had time to recover. We can try. What would you like to say to him? She pulls out like a pad and a okay. quill. Um, just basically, Father, we're at the tree. We're dealing with something with Morgul. The army is coming. And we hope we can defend. She... And I love you. (laughs) She kind of smirks a little bit and fills that in and rolls up the parchment. And she reaches up and she taps the stone in her forehead. And rather than the typical... uh, Rather than the typical cat form that you would see 
there is a shadow element that comes out of the circlet and as it rests it begins to take the form of a dark phoenix I mean now I'm just watching like in awe <laughs> she holds the piece of parchment forward and the bird shadow bird takes it where is it going sweet Adelise is that right yes is that right okay yes. <laughs> and she nods to the phoenix who hops over to one of the windows takes flight and <coughs> flies through the glass of the window to Alagos in Okay. (laughs) Don't worry, it will get there. All right. (laughs) Eslin is in awe because while she has seen several of Grandmother's shadow forms, she has not seen the phoenix before. Thank you. Of course. Your father seems, as I said, quite learned. Perhaps he can share some insight. He's been around for a while. As have I. She smiles and kind of runs her fingers through her platinum silver hair. So, for now, get some rest. I know you've been traveling for a while, and Chanterelle can be a lot to deal with. Yes, that's a lot. (laughs) You can swear, swear from in the hallway here. (laughs) Be gone! (laughs) glance over at Eslin and sip more mead. <laughs> Eslin just shrugs and smiles. No, you've been hitting that mead pretty hard. Yeah. You should you should give me a constitution save. I don't want to. <laughs> See if like father like daughter once again. Yeah, uh-huh. I know how Thirteen. <laughs> You're feeling it pretty good, but you are not out of it. Okay. You're not nat one on <laughs> mushrooms. Or nat one on ale like her father. <laughs> Who happened to fall off of the bar yes. stool. That's with great. A, with a 25 constitution. Yes. He has a 25 constitution as a dragon and he nat one his drinking. Oops. Fomp. And then I nat one my mushrooms. So it's like father like daughter. Shrooms. <laughs> Don't do drugs, kids. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, I know what meat actually does to you. It's just that one. Uh, I can't help it. I got so, you drunk. <laughs> you all have four hours or so to yourselves as they all go about resting. Uh, Sadira, Bilana, and Jeremir all kind of go off to a. It is not a private room, but it is a separate room from where you are at and kind of pull out a map of the continent and start plotting some things and trying to see where where distances might lie, how far away this army may or may not be, so on and so forth. You guys have a few hours to yourselves to do what you would like to do. Does this count as a short rest at least? Yes, this will count as a short rest. If you choose to short rest, that will take about an hour of your time. I mean, we've been standing there watching them fight. We've been eating. Yes. Okay. Is the World Forge still open? Yes. I'm heading there. Okay, so for the record, you would know that none uh, none of the houses that 
hold any of the different factions within here ever truly close, there is always somebody awake who is willing to do something. It is non-metaphorically a city that never sleeps. A benefit of not needing to sleep. Correct. I would go with her. I would start to be like, hmm, reading some books, and then I would hear that you're going there, and I would kind of take the claw back and go, I have plans. <laughs> and hop back on the Mastiff and go, the yeah! I'm going to the Forge. I Naya, would you like to go? Yeah, yes. Forge. Let us go. Anybody else want to go? Hey, everybody. Oh, wait, you because you're staying here. Really, Hammer just wants to go it, take a no, bath I think in I'll the Forge. No, I think I'll just yeah. stay and... Uh, just make my on my own. Get a head start on our pillow fort. Maybe. <laughs> Roll for pillow fort. Let's get things off in my design. <laughs> we need one of them claws. Uh, Naya has hit the mead hard enough that <laughs> oh, as she walks that. away, she is just going to stare back at the brothers as she walks out yes. the door. <laughs> as Lynn's eyebrows are in her hairline again. Uh, and she s- does the watching you motion at her brothers. You stumble over a couple of the pillows as yep. you're on your way out, and both of the brothers, who have secretly been holding a competition to see if they could outdrink the half dragon, <laughs> uh, are both also fairly tipsy and kind of snicker at you as you walk out. Do, do I see her like turn around and make this look? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I mean, she's she's still like, no hiding it. Not I right kind of like not. to stealthily cast fairy fire so she glows. <laughs> <laughs> I, re- okay. I, I realize it's an area effect, but I'm like, eh, fuck it. Everything in the house glows. <laughs> yep. It's a 20-foot cube. I mean, technically, I can save against it, but she's not going to. <laughs> no. <laughs> that Riley just gives you. <laughs> just start laughing. The brothers just- are also glowing and are suddenly <laughs> fascinated with themselves. <laughs> They're like, oh, wait a minute, what? <laughs> Eslin just deeply sighs and walks out of the house. <laughs> I'll follow her. Average day in the life of a feline druid. <laughs> Very much so. Yes. So you make your way to the forge, uh, which is to the south of you. It is a large building, and it is one of the few buildings that actually has, like, we will loosely call them smokestacks, where there are a couple of uh, artisans who actually work with metals and whatnot to craft some of the metallic weapons that are used here and tools. It is a large when you when you initially walk in. It is a large circular hall with different booths and stalls around the center of it. Where going back from those are more of the same kind kinds of rooms that you saw in the Silverine Protectorate. So, what you all looking to do? Eslin pulls out her scales again and says, I am in need of a new breastplate made of these. So, you go to kind of the a conglomerate of the first few booths that are there looking to see. You've been your you've been here several times in the past, so you kind of know who specializes in what. My hammers were made here. They were yes. a gift from grandma. And there is a, a younger uh appears to be a half elven female who 
smiles, looks at them, and says, Oh, these are wonderful. Ah, what did you say that you needed? A breastplate? Yes, please. Yes, well, if you don't mind, uh, step back here, and she flips open a little uh, door to the booth so I can get some measurements. Make sure it fits you properly. Poorly fitting armor does not protect anyone. No, <laughs> poorly fitting armor is not good. Did you do braces as well? Also, my friend is in need of bracers made of the same material. Oh, uh, absolutely. Um, You are a creature. All right. She blushes a little bit. Uh, Yes, bracers. uh, I can can, can do those. I'm very happy now. (laughs) Yes, I can. I can make you some bracers. Wonderful. Uh, As well, I need measurements for your wrists and forearms. Of course, I'll wait till you're done. Yes, of course, of course. Uh, And she takes the time to go through, get your measurements and everything, so everything fits properly. Uh, This should actually be done by the morning, if... Wonderful. And can we charge both pieces to the Australia family account, please? Yes, yes, of course. You you don't have to do that. Yes, I do. Thank you. You, uh, I don't need to bring you back here, unfortunately. Um... I can just get your measurements here. And she <laughs> takes the time to measure your, your wrists and forearms, make sure everything fits <laughs> properly. All right. Um, I should be able to get these done around the same time as, as, as Lynn's. Wonderful. Uh, I'll see you in the morning. Yes, I'll see you in the morning. Uh, thank you very much for your business, as always, from the Estrada family. You're our favorite. Thank you. She blushes again and picks up all the chitin at once little shocking and sets them on her workbench and immediately starts she takes out a draw knife and starts going to work starting to shape the large chitin sheets she's an armorer it's impressive to watch her work yeah it is do you have a favorite jeweler we would have a family jeweler yeah yes take me hold on Ryo you had something you wanted with the claw yeah, what are your plans? I'm oh, excited. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, can I get this turned into a chain oh. shirt? And I just put it on the table. <laughs> what is it even? I... How about this? Trade that for a chain shirt. <clears throat> can you even wear a chain shirt? Yes. Yes, I can. I That's figured amazing. it out. Do you have the strength to wear a chain shirt? Actually, yes. Uh, with nice. the last level up, I can now wear oh, chain shirts. Awesome. Well, um, light, medium, and I think that's all. Armor. That's cool. I shields. That's do it. believe I have a chain shirt. I don't think it will fit you. Um, I would say that I could potentially make some scale mail out of this, but I don't think I can get enough scales out of just whatever this. <laughs> Is she kind of picks up the claw? And well, anything that's left over from what it. I gave you for my braces, you can have for him. Well, I a scale mail takes a lot of materials. Oh, uh, an armor, I am not. It's all right. Um, you know what? I'll take you up on that. Uh, I have the other two armor orders to fill. Potentially by tomorrow afternoon, I can have a the shirt that I have modified to fit you. Uh, cool. And he just walks off. I need measurements. Walks back. Forgot about that. If you'd like, you can work on his chain shirt over my braces. My braces are not for armor. They're just to look pretty. Uh, Your braces shouldn't take me that long. 
if it'll get his done quicker. Whatever you think. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll see what I can do. Uh, she goes to open the uh, little doorway for you to get through, and I'm assuming you just walk under it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm on the Mastiff, and I just kind of, like, lean to the side. Yeah. So the ma- I'm, like, pretty much ha- uh, I'll catch the off. hat. <laughs> catch the hat when it gets knocked off and put it back on him over the, over the top. You know what? I'm not even going to ask. All right. And she pulls out her little measuring tape. Yes, and he is an taking- odd one taking your measurements as well and is a little shocked because they're very childlike measurements. <laughs> Ray Light does get like, he kind of buffs up just enough so he's kind of like trying to show off a little bit. <laughs> it has nothing. Just physically nothing. No muscles, car- no it's abs. It's the cartoon you try to flex and the bicep <laughs> goes the, other the opposite way. direction. Yeah, like he just holds in his breath a little bit. And then as uh, she's getting the last one, just uh, out. <laughs> Eslin just chuckles. Uh, I'm goes sorry. Goes to retake the couple of last like three measurements around your chest and stomach. <laughs> uh, and you large metallic one. Um, <clears throat> is there anything that I could do for you as well? Melt him. Do you have any advanced weapons or? Protection uh, jewelry of any kind. I am. I am not one of the weaponsmiths. Uh, you would want to go to one of those three booths over there, and she points to some on the other side of the room. Uh, as for jewelers, the Estrella family does have a, a favorite. Perhaps you could speak to them. I'm, I need to go to the jewelers, but not for anything special. Just to ask them to to, to make something for me. Yeah. It's been a while Try since. Get free I- magic guy. <laughs> It, it's been a while since I've been home. I'd like to enjoy it. So I think we'll head over to the jewelers. And while slightly stereotypical, uh, one of the few dwarves that lives in the city uh, is over behind the jewelry counter. He's short Ooh, for racist. a dwarf. Not really. He's kind of short for a dwarf. They do the best work. His his the top of his forehead kind of sticks out over the top of the counter until he climbs his little stepping stool, so that way he is about chest up. Ah, Miss Eslin, how can I help you? Well, so I, now we're racist. <laughs> well, my friend Naya here has a request. Ah, hello. How can I help you? Well. Our first outing as a party, we managed to kill some wolves, and I'll set six canines <laughs> down. Uh, the poor things were starving because of the... And then she sets six owlbear feathers down. <laughs> the owlbear that was in the area. I was hoping to make something with these wire wrappings and something. I know the feathers are large. We can cut them down. Scritch the baby on her back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we need Not to... <laughs> For the record, the party has two pet owlbears, but me as DM keeps forgetting to actually set up stat blocks and everything for them, so I'm just ignoring them for the next <laughs> couple of sessions. <laughs> so I was hoping to make something commemorative that we can wear out of these things. Ah, uh, these are fine examples of natural work. Uh, give me just a moment. He starts moving them around and kind of shaping some things trying to figure some stuff out 
steps down from his stepping stool, <laughs> goes over to a row of boxes that are kind of like drawers on the wall, but they're, they're boxes, and he starts pulling them down and looking in them and comes back with a couple different colored stones and starts setting the stones, trying to see if he My can get... looking at the stones yeah. going, those are gorgeous. <laughs> Some of our new stock. Ooh. <laughs> And trying to piece everything together. So, <coughs> what exactly is it that you are wanting to make out of them? Are you wanting like necklaces, bracelets, more like a necklace like that a we can all wear, bangle, or anything like that? Um, a necklace or a cloak pin? Maybe a cloak pin, since we all have cloaks, and we're pro- you know the thought is maybe someday we'll have magic necklaces. Um, I think maybe I'll look at doing something like a, a pin for the for our cloaks to hold them together, okay. like a clasp. So the canine and the owlbear feathers. Okay. So he takes one of the feathers and just kind of starts cutting it in front of you, cutting it to a smaller shape. Gold I thought you, I thought you didn't have to leave until ten thirty. Oh, okay. All right. Well, we are going to be done shortly anyway. Drive See you later. Drive Bye, Hammer. Hammer just dives into the forge and yeah, despairs. Hammer. Hammer dives into the forge and he will be on a new character <laughs> next session. <laughs> um, he begins cutting one up and takes one of the larger, uh, transparent blue stones that he has. He has a few of these more transparent, almost glass-like stones. He specifically takes the blue one at first and... Like obsidian-type stones. Sets uh, this canine and a piece of this feather over the center of it and holds his hand over it and there's a flash as the canine and the feather sink into the stone itself. Uh, What do you think about something like this? Magic. That's beautiful. I love it. Can I get six of those? Yeah, of course. (laughs) I can work with that. That's beautiful. Come back in the morning. Uh, Only the best for you and your family. We will be back Thank in you. the morning. I love it. Uh, any uh, material preference, preferences? Gold, silver, platinum, wood? Uh, maybe some some silver and some leather. You can work with something like that, right? They'll be ready for you in the morning. I can't wait. Thank you. Eslan's also, I'm assuming that he's got some of his work on display. So yes. Eslin's looking. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's, it's all gorgeous. There's a, a necklace on fine gold wire that almost looks like strands of hair that uh, comes down and there are three amethyst stones set in a gold fitting, kind of uh, loosely like a triangle. Uh, but the stones themselves are round. I as a person would like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, there are also a couple of pieces of obsidian jewelry and a couple of black diamond pieces uh, that are for sale as well. And then the, the normal other colorful stones. Uh, build your own thing where there are different stone settings you can choose from. Uh, being of dwarven make, they're fairly customizable pieces. I'm going to think about that. I may have an answer for you in the morning. 
All right. You do gorgeous work, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Only the best. His ancestors designed our circlets. That's amazing. We have been patrons of this shop for centuries. Mm-hmm. Whistling a tune as you guys walk away from the shop as he's getting to work. And you guys kind of hear the magic go off a couple more times behind you as he sets everything up. So he has the raw stone encased material to work with to make your cloak fittings. Here, I, have I have a hundred <laughs> gold, so. Right. Oh, nope, I do not have a hundred gold. I have 13 gold. I think you guys got more gold and just never actually split it among the party. <laughs> yeah, I think we did because I, mean, I think I it was like. and then six Well, platinum. we have all those platinum, too. So I have like 250 gold. Well, your bracers are paid for. Right. And you traded I don't the cloth. Know. Well, you traded the cloth for your chainmail. Yes. Okay. Yep. Is there anything I can do with 250 gold to my axe to help it be better? You can make a gold axe. Smelt the gold. Gold axe. Uh, that is something you would have to ask the weaponsmiths. Eslin, do you have any weaponsmiths that you'd like to use? <laughs> Who do you recommend? Takes her to the family weaponsmith. <laughs> <laughs> These are the ones that made my hammers oh. and grandmothers. Mm-hmm. Oh, has a beautiful. Yours are as well. So this particular booth has an older elven man. Um, old enough that wrinkles are starting to appear on his very fair elven skin. Uh, although the his hair is not silvered as much as it is like a fiery orange. Hmm. Redheads never go gray, man. (laughs) Hello, sir. No, they go white. (laughs) Hello? Uh, My friend Eslin recommends you. um, We have some trials coming up, and I would like to know if there's any way that I can make this, and I put down the axe gently, mm-hmm. or this, and I put down the maul gently. Ah, better? So he stands and reaches forward and he touches the front of the desk. Not desk. Uh, counter. Yep. Counter. Before walking over to the counter. And you can see as he gets closer, his eyes are completely whited over. Okay. And he reaches forward and he picks up the axe. Mm-hmm. And he reaches up and he feels the blade. It's a fairly fine make. It is. What is it that you are considering? And he puts it down and he reaches forward and pulls up the maul and feels it as well. Kind of gauging the size of it, gauging the weight of it, what he mm-hmm. may or may not be able to do with it. Well, I'm not really sure. Uh, Maybe something that just helps it do a little more damage, especially against metal creatures. Hmm. 
there is the option of reforging these with adamantium. That is very expensive and my stock is running fairly low. But creatures of metal, you say? Yes. I believe magic would be the way to go anyway. My funds are rather limited. I only have 250 goals. I'm not sure what I could do with that. Only, she says. Not much, I'm afraid. Money is no object with this. She has saved my life a few times. Ah, Miss Estrella. It's good to hear your voice once again. It's good to see you. Here, let me see your hammer for a moment. He, gives he it holds to his him. hand out and he takes the hammer. I see they've been used quite well. Would you like some maintenance done on them? Yes, please. And he will kind of leave your conversation for a moment. That's fine. Naya's just kind of staring at Islam when she says money is no object. And <laughs> takes them over to a grindstone. And you can see that he kind of feels where the edge of the grindstone is. And puts his foot on a little wooden pedal and starts to rotate the grindstone and starts grinding all of the burrs and everything off of the hammer from its use. Five, ten minutes or so, and he brings it back and sets it there. Good as new. Now for you, my dragonling. Yes. What is it you wish? Well, I wish to protect my friends and to protect your tree. Whatever you can do with these that can help that happen would make me happy I cannot do anything with the mall currently leave your axe with me I will figure something out alright thank you Yes, I have heard many of the others say come back in the morning I will have things sorted by the morning as well I'll see you then thank you sir thank you I'll pick them all back up and strap it back on and just so you know that with Eslin throwing the money around on the family accounts it is because the party has basically saved her a few times so she's done the same yes (laughs) nah she just flexing you oh yeah (laughs) in the jewelry store maybe (laughs) jewelry store maybe but Eslin also does not usually put a lot of things on the family account Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is your kind of once catch all. <laughs> it's been four months. Mom and dad aren't going to say no. <laughs> yeah. Not when they find it's in defense. Mm-hmm. Um, and he does, as you walk away, he picks up the axe and takes it back. And you hear the grindstone kick back up again as he starts taking all of the, the, the blind weaponsmith starts taking all of the imperfections out of the edge of your axe. He'll take good care of it. Look what he did to all three of my hammers. Those look amazing. Yes, and they're they're flawless. Like they were just made. <laughs> if only masterwork was still a thing. I know. <laughs> um, is he selling weapons as well? There are a few small things. I just want a dagger. Yes, there are daggers. I will purchase a nice, smallish dagger. Okay. For a friend. <laughs> Okay. A friend or a 
That's we'll fine. we'll talk after we wrap for the session. Okay. I'm just buying a small dagger for yes. Sale to take it back to him to protect himself. Yes. Uh, that all got magic. <laughs> no. um, you can always use a dagger. Yeah, because you can throw them too. I know, I'm being funny. Everything that I need from over here, maybe I go back and I think I should go back to Sale and take him his gift and build that pillow fort and find your brothers. <laughs> Be careful playing with my brothers. You hear? <laughs> <laughs> From the blind, from the bar. blind guy. Uh-huh. Yep, yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, I'm. Do you know your way back to the house? I think so. It's pretty easy. <laughs> okay, I will see you there then. Everything all right? Yeah, I just have one more stop I'd like to make. All right, I'll see you in a little while. So I will head back to the house. Okay. Rare light follows Naya, just kind of like. <laughs> somewhat at a distance, but not like trying to be like sneaky at all. He's just kind of like contemplating other stuff, thinking about stuff, but he's like keeping an eye so he knows where to go and doesn't yeah, get lost. Yeah, yeah, The Mastiff can track her scent enough. <laughs> yeah. I'm assuming there's a like food market kind uh, of place. That would be over at the Keeper's Abode where the, the people who tend to the gardens and the groves and everything are don't eat the mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> Only mushrooms. Essentially, the way that commerce works here is that the people who belong to the different factions sell or work and sell their products from home. So if you need something, you go to the home of the people who have that particular duty and purchase from them directly. So for food, for vegetables, fruits, uh, things like that, it would be at the Keeper's Abode. Whereas for here, uh, here at the Worldsmith's Foundry, it would be crafted things. Uh, sometimes people bring things or specific offerings they want crafted to have them crafted as they cannot themselves so they can offer them to the tree and whatnot. And that if people need protection or more importantly, for the protection of the tree itself, that falls to the Sildrian Protectorate, which is what you and your family are a part of. So as Lynn would head over to the Keeper's Abode, um, as close as she is to her grandmother, she would know what her favorite treats are. Oh, absolutely. So that's what she's looking for to take Mm -hmm. back to grandmother. Yes. And then she'll go home. All right. And it is more than easy enough. You know that your grandmother is particularly fond of the rich black plums that grow in the orchards here. And you are easily able to find her a small basket of them to take them home to her. And while not an exciting note, I do think that that is where we are going to call it for the night. As the next time, our next session should be the all-important meeting discussing what's going on. We did not get to build our pillow fort. You did. Wait, hold on. We have to build pillow fort. So you guys get back. Mm-hmm. A pillow fort is started. Roll for pillow fort. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then, TJ, uh, starting next session, if uh, Ryo could do something before going to bed, that would be great. Yep. 
That's fine. What exactly am I rolling? Roll for pillow fort. Nine. <laughs> I rolled a three. Dear. <laughs> I mean, maybe that mead got try, to my head of father. Try as you might. You try to get this pillow fort done, and three different times you get it almost done and go to set another pillow up and sail. No, 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 not that. Uh, as the whole thing collapses in on itself. I haven't done this in a very long time. I'm so sorry, Sail. So Eslin walks in to find Naya and Sail buried in a pile of pillows. Pretty Can much. Can you help us make the fort? No. No. <laughs> Rolled a five. We're all bad it at making pillow It somehow gets worse. However... Does Ryu, like, see this happening? Oh, absolutely. Just, he... He looks, sees, everyone just... Goes, mm, nope, I think I'm good. Yeah. And walks away. Now, as for <laughs> the see. thing you would like to do before bed, if my theory is correct, I need a, an intelligence roll from you. Add your proficiency because uh, <laughs> of your tinkering proficiency. Oh, sure. Now I roll an 18. No, that doesn't matter. Uh, this is the thing that we talked about. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, because I had a whole thing typed up, but. Give me a second. You said it was a intelligence. Yep. Check. Add my proficiency. <laughs> As it that falls not out of the dice tower. I don't use those because those are my port. That's even worse. Jesus. Um. So you said that plus intelligence. So plus a, your proficiency modifier. Uh, two plus three is five. Plus my proficiency modifier is two. So that's seven. Okay. Um. Try as you might with everything going on, you can't seem to make any headway with what you're doing. Okay. But you have not lost any progress. Okay. So with that, now we are going to call it for the evening. Gotcha. Thank you all for watching, and we will see you the next time. Watching or listening? Get out. Listening, whatever it is. You know what I mean. Ah! Thank you all for doing the thing. Thank you for giving us your time. Get out. I'm joking. (laughs) Ignore me.